Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Amen. Exodus chapter 2, verses 21 through 25. Then Moses was, con- was content to live with the man, and he gave Zipporah his daughter to Moses. So Moses was content to live with this man named Zipporah. And because of that, this man gave Moses his daughter as a wife. And she bare Moses a son. He called his name Gershom. Everybody say Gershom. Aren't you glad your name isn't Gershom? Amen. If your name is Gershom, I love your name. It's beautiful. He named his son Gershom and said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. Now it happened in the process of time. Everybody say the process of time. The process of time. Isn't that just funny how time has a process? Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Everybody say he died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage. How many of you have found yourself in a groaning and murmuring state because of bondage that you find yourself in? And they cried out. Their cry came to God because of this bondage. So God heard their groaning. Everybody say, God heard them. That's a testimony that we can all make tonight, that God has heard us when we were in our groaning state, when we were, when we were in our murmuring state. I'm thankful that God heard me. God heard them in their groaning, and God remembered his covenant. And then I'm also thankful that God remembered me. You are not forgotten, child of God. You are not forgotten. No matter where you are, the Lord has not forgotten you. He knows exactly where you stand and exactly what you face tonight. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and then also with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, the process of time. The process of time. The process of time. I think it's amazing that there is indeed a process to the time. There's a process with everything that we face. There is a process behind. There, uh, uh, there is a process behind the fact that, that you have to work 40 hours a week. There is a process behind the fact that it takes nine months for a, for, for a baby to be in the womb. There is a process behind every bit of time in this world. There is a process for the reason why. Uh, 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 there's a process to the reason why your car will only go so long on a certain amount of gas. That might not be time in minutes and hours and seconds, but it is time as it boils down to fuel and to the gallons that your car consumes. There is a process to time. Many times we don't understand the process that we are facing for the time that we are living in, but I'm thankful that regardless of my process and regardless of my time, there is a method to the madness of what God is controlling in my life. So many times I can look around and be confused, and I can look around and murmur and groan, just like the children of Israel did as they were in bondage in this land called Egypt. It was ugly. It was a desert. It was a desert. A desert 
desolate place. Not only was it an ugly and hot place uh, to live, but they were slaves uh, in the place uh, where they lived. But there was a process uh, to the time that they had lived there. We find in this passage uh, that we just read, Moses uh, Moses had just uh, had just came back. Uh, he, he was just about to go back uh, into Egypt, and he was about to lead the children out uh, of bondage. The Lord was about to speak to Moses from a burning bush. At this point in time, Moses was still living in the desert. He was a nomad, if you will. He was a man that lived with a turban on his head and with a, and with a camel following behind him in his wake. He was what you think about when you think of a person living in the desert. That was Moses. And I can only imagine the turmoil that Moses dealt with. I can only imagine the chaos that lived inside of Moses. He might have lived in a, he might have lived lonely because there was no one around him but just a few but just a few men and women with the family that he was building and the people that he had took up village with but there might not have been a lot of people around Moses but there was a lot of chaos inside Moses life i'm sure you have found yourself in that place before I'm sure that you have found yourself lonely. I'm sure that you have found yourself in a confused place and in a desolate place. But even though when you looked around and no one was there, yet you still lived in chaos. And yet you still lived with pain in your life. And even though you were lonely, even though you were out there all by yourself, there was voices in your head. There was spirits talking to you, telling you that you were not a child of God and you were not going to make it. But just like God spoke to Moses in a burning bush, if you go to Exodus chapter 2 and read just a few verses past where we stopped this evening. If you read, you can see we're in the middle of a dry and barren land. The word of the Lord came to Moses. And I am thankful more than ever before that in my times of brokenness and in my times where I live in a barren land that the word of the Lord can still come to me. Is anybody thankful? Thankful tonight uh, that the word uh, of the Lord can still come uh, to you from ways that you might not ever expect it. Uh, I doubt that Moses expected to hear the word of the Lord, a voice uh, of God, the word, the spoken word uh, of Jesus Christ. I doubt that he expected uh, to look over and see a plant consumed with fire, and from that fire boomed the voice uh, of Almighty God. And I'm sure you have been driving down the road, uh, or perhaps in the break room at your place of employment or maybe in your kitchen with your family and you're going through a hard time and suddenly the voice of the Lord came to you. I'm thankful that the voice of the Lord can come to us wherever you are at. You don't have to make your way to the church house to hear a word from the Lord. I'm thankful that we get the opportunity and we have the chance to come into this physical building and hear the spoken and preached word of the Lord. But more than ever before, I am thankful that the voice of the Lord can echo down from heaven and can speak to me through a song or can speak to me through a story or can speak to me through a sermon. I I am thankful for the word of the Lord. And if you are thankful for that, could you give the Lord a hand clap of praise?
You see, there was a process that Moses uh, was going through. See, the reason why he found himself in a desert uh, is because he had become a murderer. He had killed a, a man and he ran for his life. And, and, and he felt that he should go and live in the desert. And that's a whole other story and a whole other sermon. But God had dwelt in the desert place with him. Even though he did not feel it, God was still there. Saint of God, church family, I don't know how old you are, how young you are, what process uh, you are going through and how bad your situation is, uh, but fear not, be of good cheer for the Lord uh, our God is with thee. He knows uh, where you are at. It's in this process of time that I want to talk about tonight. You see, the most common question that we ask ourselves, you ask it, and if you have a toddler or a child, you've heard them ask it, why is this taking so long? Have you ever asked that question? Maybe you can lift a hand or give me a head nod. You've asked that question. Or what about this famous question? If you are a kid, maybe you can, rem- if you, when you were a kid, maybe you can remember asking this question, are we almost there yet? Are we almost there yet? My little two-year-old, he's almost three. He's not talking like we wish he was yet, uh, but he has a way of asking that question. He might not can ask that question in English, but he can ask that question with a shrill and with a scream or throwing a sippy cup from the third row of that SUV to the front row where I sit. He can ask, are we almost uh, there yet? And then that's always followed with what's taking so long. So many times we enter a process of growth in our life, hoping that it will just be a few hours or at worst a couple of days. But somewhere along the way, we become discouraged that we aren't seeing the results fast enough. We like quick results. Can I get an amen? We like fast results. Instant gratification is the time period, is the culture in which we live. You see, this is why we have fast food. This is why we have the quick weight loss center because we want to lose it faster than we put it on. This is why we have microwaves. This is why we have LTE phone service. This is why we have text messaging because email isn't fast enough. And there was a time when faxing wasn't fast enough and paging wasn't fast enough. So now we have text messaging. Uh, There's the drive-through car wash because we don't want to get out uh, of our car and we do not want to to sit in the car wash while the inside and the outside of our car is getting washed. After all, it only matters with what people see. I can talk a lot about that as it applies to our spiritual life, but I'll spare us tonight. Uh, You see, we have the drive-through pharmacy because who wants to to get out of their car and go in CVS and Walgreens and get your prescription when you can leave your house at midnight and still be in your pajamas with uh, 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 with nothing much more on but your underwear. And you can run to the store really quickly and you can get your prescription because we like it fast and we like it convenient. We like pizza delivery guys because we can't walk into Domino's in our underwear, but we can open the door in our underwear and give the guy a good tip, not because of his service, but because he had to see us in that state where he saw us. We could go on all night talking of the things in our culture that are great things, that, that, that are things that I'm thankful for. We could go on all night talking about this stuff, but I want to go a little bit further tonight. We have become accustomed to immediate results. Can I get an amen? Maybe you're one of those people that like immediate results. 
We have developed our own individual allergic reactions to the process of time. We might all react differently, but we are all allergic to this word called patience. We are all allergic to the process of waiting on God's will to unfold in our life. And it's so much easier if we can just accomplish our own will. It might not be easier in the long run, but it is easier in the short term if we can just do what we want to do right now. And then we can deal with the consequences later. But we do that because we are having an allergic reaction, if you will, to the process of time. There's many events, there's many circumstances that this calls for, and I don't want to go into that tonight, but this is something that maybe we can touch on tonight. We want our marriages fixed in one counseling session. We get frustrated when someone can't open up to us emotionally or to God, or to others. We don't like it when people can't forget our past mistakes, or better yet, we are tormented by, or better yet, the people that are tormented by their own mistakes. We like instant gratification. We like supernatural healing, and I celebrate with tumors that are seized supernaturally. If you were around our church, it was, I believe it was 2013, possibly 2014, there was a lady on the back row of this section, and and we were in revival with Brother Leva, and Brother Leva went back there and asked her if he could pray with her, and the lady said, yes, you can. I have a tumor growing in my neck, and, he, and, and she moved her head, and the tumor just poked out, and it was huge, and the pastor went back there, and they prayed for her, and immediately in that prayer, the tumor disappeared. I am thankful for the miraculous healing that has experienced in my life, and I am thankful for the miraculous that has happened in our church. But so many times the miraculous unfolds in this thing called time. And this thing called time has a process that we do not like. You see, time is a necessary ingredient for growth. Why don't you say that? Time is a necessary ingredient for growth. Time is a necessary ingredient. So many times in growth we expect that if we read our Bibles and do the right things, we will instantly and permanently change. We become disappointed when this does not happen in our lives. So we may feel God has let us down or we are doing something wrong when in fact all that's really happening is that the process of time and God's plan is being unfolded in our life. We are, we must recognize that time is a necessary ingredient for growth. I wish things would happen like I wanted them to happen. I wish I could speak to my circumstances and they would change like I think they should. I know you wish you could speak to your marriage or you wish you could speak to your health issues and they would immediately change. But the fact of the matter is, is they can't. But what do we do When things do not happen our way, how do we respond when the process of time is not unfolding like we think it should happen? Do we maintain our faithfulness to the house of God? Do we maintain our faithfulness in attendance and in our offerings? Do we maintain our faithfulness in our our involvement in the ministries that happen around the house of God? Or do we still maintain our involvement, but we have psychologically and mentally and yea, even spiritually 
we have checked out. We are here performing a task, but we really are not here performing a task because we are angry that we are having to walk this process. We are angry that we are having to take the steps that we are having to take. We are angry because our spouse passed away. We are angry because we went through that divorce. We are angry because we don't have the finances that we need this month. And so we just tell God, I'm sick of it. And you can have your time and you can have your process back. But I want to remind you, God hold, holds all times, all time in his hands. And just like he holds all time in his hands, he holds you in his hands. You are not alone in your dilemma. You can triumph out of your tragedy. The Lord can turn around the bad situation. And I am thankful for that. I can look back over my life and I can see situations that happened to me and to my family and to my in-laws. And we can look back and we can get bitter and we can get upset. Or we can look back and say, God, I might not have understood why you took me that path when you did. But now that I've come through the storm, I am thankful that you were guiding me. I am thankful that indeed the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. I am even more thankful that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. I'm thankful that I can find a prayer closet. I'm thankful that I can find an altar and I can hit that altar with everything in me and I can cry out to God. Does anybody need to do that tonight? Has anybody done that this past week? Just cried out to God. God, I don't understand this and God, it hurts. And God, I have every opportunity to be upset and I have every opportunity to be bitter, but I'm going to choose to be faithful to you. I'm not going to get bitter in my dilemma. I am not going to get agitated in my tragedy, but I trust that you are ordering my steps. I trust that you are ordering my steps. See, I preached a few weeks ago. Perhaps you remember it. We are humans bound by time. However, When we were born again and the Spirit of God came and began to dwell in our hearts, uh, we are are no longer bound by time in our spirit, man. Uh, We are not bound by time because God came and lived in our hearts. Uh, We are humans with God's presence living in us. Uh, We live in a creation centered around time, yet we are a part uh, of a kingdom where time is irrelevant. Let me tell you tonight, uh, yes, we are confounded and we are bound down by the process of time and there's 60 seconds in a minute and there's 60 minutes an hour and there's 24 hours in a day and there's seven days in a week and and, and so on and so forth we can walk that process of time and while that is very much true that as human beings walking the face of this earth we operate in that kingdom but we are also members of a kingdom that is much greater and is much more important and that is the kingdom of God and, the, and there's no time in the kingdom of God and we must recognize that we trust his ways and his process of time is a lot different than the process that we think our time should dwell on but yet we trust the Lord for he orders our steps 
John chapter 15 and verse 19 says, If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of this world. We did not choose God, church family, but it is by the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ that he chose us. And when he chose us, when we allowed, when we yielded our earthly spirit, our carnal flesh to his Holy Spirit, we now transcend into a different world. We now transcend into a spiritual, a supernatural world, and he chose us, and I'm thankful that he chose us, and you should not wonder and you should not doubt why we find persecution and why there was Christians in the Middle East, even this day, who are being beheaded. There are people that are persecuted daily for our sins, and yes, we might not feel that today. We might not feel that in Conroe, Texas. The reality is, is there are people that are persecuted for their Christianity and for their belief in Jesus Christ. And I want to live my life just as faithful in the United States of America where there is much freedom, more freedom than we even deserve. It is freedom that only God can give because he has blessed this country. But I want to live my life with the loyalty to the word of God, just like the people in the Middle East and around the world who are persecuted in China, who it's illegal for them to even own a Bible. I want to be just as dedicated to the cause of Christ as they are. Their time, the process by which they live and the situations in which they have to walk through and endure are much different than ours. And we are a blessed people, but yet that is no excuse for you and I, church family, to be less committed to the cause of Christ and the will of God that wants to be performed in our life. You see, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. This means that while we navigate the human issues and the human hardships and fatigue of this world, we must keep a proper perspective on the relationships between our earthly decisions and our eternal home. Yes, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. That means if we make a decision in this world, it could affect the outcome of our eternal home. Church family, more than ever before, it's time that we live according to God's word. The decisions we make in this world affect the decisions, they they affect the consequences or the blessings or perhaps the curses that we face after this world is a heaping ball of fire and the judgments and the mercies of God are being passed out. I want to be found in the merciful few. I want my name to be found in the Lamb's book of life. You hear me tonight. I want to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to be a faithful servant in the army of God. You see, the process of time is important. The process of time is important. How we react to the process directly affects where we spend our eternity. I know we're not running and I know we're not jumping tonight, but how we react to situations in this world, they are, that is directly correlated to the outcome of our eternal soul and of our eternal destination. I was listening to someone speak last night and they said such a powerful statement that I think applies to this subject. They said they, uh, uh, um, it, it, it was a pastor of a mega church in Australia. We've all heard of Hillsong Church. Uh, the pastor, Brian Houston, he was talking on... 
He was talking on some crazy situations that he had to walk through. Some accusations came against his dad, who pastored a very large church on the other side of Australia, and the, and the accusations were uh, uh, they were horrible. They came uh, 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 they came out to be true, and they were having a staff meeting um, because the media there in Australia was attacking uh, this church, and they were attacking this family. And someone, uh, 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 one of the pastors on the pastoral's team, spoke up and said, Pastor Houston, do we want to react in this situation, or do we want to respond in this situation? There is a big difference in reaction and responding. Reaction means that we act out of spite. Reaction means that you're hit in the elbow, and your elbow flies out. That is a natural reaction. Uh, 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 um, We've all been children. We've all taken our children to the pediatrician, and the pediatrician will sit them up on the desk, and he'll pull out that little rubber hammer, and he'll boop, he'll pop them right there on the knee, and what will their knee do? It will react. It'll pop straight out. We've heard of allergic reactions where our body reacts, and we cannot even control it. Just like there are allergic reactions to our skin, and there's, re- uh, there's allergic reactions to, uh, 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 to different things, there is a reaction that we can control. We can control how we respond when cancer hits our family. We can respond, we can control how we react or respond when we are the ones walking the lonely and the embarrassing, sad pathway of divorce. We can control the way we react when financial hardships hits our family. We can control the way we react or respond when our grandbaby, when our niece and our nephew passes away. We can control, we can react correctly or we can respond correctly. Church family, we are Christians. We carry the banner of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. It is not the way that you dress that sets you apart, but it is the spirit living inside you that sets you apart. It is important that we respond to the negative and the hard situations we faced in a manner that is pleasing unto God. It is important that when uh, when hell comes against us and we feel that we are fighting hell with a water pistol, as pastor loves to say, it's important that we respond in a way that is pleasing unto God. It's important that we don't run to bitterness, but we run to how can the situation make me better? How can I grow in the middle of my dilemma? I hate what I'm facing, but I recognize that God can lead me through it if I respond according to his word and not according to my own will and my own desires. While there is no time in the kingdom of God, we must learn to manage and trust the process of time that we are bound by as human beings. We are bound by this. As spiritual sons and daughters, we must always move forward. But as humans, we are bound by seasons and often uncomfortable times when we cannot walk forward. I preached just a few weeks ago that regardless of how we feel, regardless of what we face, we are to continue growing as a church. We are to continue teaching Bible studies and witnessing and reaching the lost and visiting the needy and helping the hopeless and and, and the depressed and the addicted. We are to continue doing that for there is no season in the kingdom of God. But Solomon said in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3 that for everything there is a season. And Solomon was not talking necessarily about the spiritual realm in which we live as saints of God, but he was talking about the seasons that we face on this earth. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 through 8 says, 
To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under the heaven. There is a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what has been planted. There's a time to kill, and there's a time to heal. A time to break, there's a time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones to us. There's a time to embrace, there's a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to gain, and there's a time to lose. There's a time to keep, and there's a time to throw away. There's a time to tear, and there's a time to sow. There's a time to keep silence, and there's also a time to speak. There's a time to love, and a time to hate. A time of war, and there's a time of peace. You see, we are a part of the body of Christ. We must always bear the fruit of the Spirit, and we must always live according to the gifts of the Spirit. Can I get an amen, church family? This is easy to do when life is going in our favor. This is easy to do when we look like the perfect American family that has the white picket fence, and we have money in the bank, and we are not living paycheck to paycheck. It's easy to do that, but it's not so easy to do this when life isn't going how we think it should happen, when we are uncomfortable, when we're hurt when we're lonely, and even when we're bitter. You see, it becomes very hard to be like the tree planted beside rivers of living water that David talked about in Psalms chapter 1 and Psalms chapter 3. It becomes very hard to be like that tree when we are living in an earthly kingdom and we have real feelings, we have real human issues. We are humans after all. God allowed us and he created us to be humans and he gave us the emotions. He gave us uh, the mechanisms and the manners to respond in which we so often do, but that does not mean that, that does not mean that the grace of God is for naught, and that is not a license to sin, as Paul spoke about in Romans chapter 4. It is not a license to sin, but we must always respond. While we live in the spirit realm, and as we are believers in Jesus Christ, we are the tree planted beside rivers of living water, but while we are humans, sometimes we are living in a desert like Moses did. You see, as spiritual beings, we are able, we uh, we, uh, we are to be planted by rivers of living water. This means that we are always producing. Everybody say producing. It means that we are always reading our Bible. Everybody say reading our Bible. Reading our Bible. That's a novel concept, isn't it? This means that we are always teaching Bible studies. Ouch. Means that we are always teaching Bible studies. This means that we are continually advancing the kingdom of God on this earth. That's what being a child of the king means. It does not mean that we just come to church, and it does not mean that we are religious, but it means we have relationship. We are free from religion, and we are free from a list of rules because of the grace of Jesus Christ. But the grace of Jesus Christ comes with a rule book called the Bible. It's not a rule book called religion, and we must adhere to every rule, line upon line, precept upon precept, here little and there little. We must live our life according to God's word. That means the New Testament and the Old Testament. We must live our life according to this. While this sounds great and glorious that we are always praying and we are always fasting and we are always reading our Bible and we are always teaching Bible studies, it's not always the truth. The reality is this. Our flesh doesn't want to advance the kingdom of God at times. 
Can, can, uh, 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 can you agree with me that there's sometimes that you don't want to come to church? I really know it's not you, it's your neighbor, it's the person that's not here tonight. The, the reality is it's hard to advance the kingdom of God when our flesh is winning the battle against our spirit. The reality is it's really annoying to be a Christian when our kids are embarrassing us with dumb mistakes, whether they be toddlers or adults. Uh, The reality is it's not easy to advance the kingdom of God when our homes uh, are falling apart, Uh, yet we are to continually advance uh, the kingdom of God. But how do we manage broken homes and one spouse that lives for God and the other one that doesn't, one spouse that wants to go to this church and the other spouse that wants to go to that church? Children that are living in rebellion and chaos and making decisions that break our heart and they, and they crush our pride and they embarrass us. How do we manage the two kingdoms in which we live? What do we do when we're living for God and everything falls apart? How do we respond? What do we do when hell comes against us? What do we do when our marriage falls apart? We must learn to balance the seasons of life that Solomon taught us. I'll say that again. We must learn to balance the seasons of life. We must be a moderate people. We must be a consistent people. That does not mean a list of rules. That means our heart is consistently aligned to the Word of God. That means our thoughts are consistently pure according to the Word of God. That means our family is consistently moving in a direction towards the cross of Jesus Christ and not towards the direction of our own selfish desires. How do we manage to be moderate in this time in 2015 when everything is about us? How do we constantly move forward? Let me tell you tonight the way that we constantly move forward is you pick up your cross and you follow Jesus. When you don't feel good, you still fast. When you don't want to pray, you still pray. When you're sick, you're still faithful to the things of God. When you don't even understand the reason why you're walking the steps that God has ordained you to walk, you trust in the Lord and you acknowledge His ways, knowing that He has what's best for you. The process of time is a test that we face daily. Perhaps that's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, I affirm that by the boasting in you which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, that I die daily. Paul said, I die daily. What is Paul talking about here? He's talking that every day he has, at every day, at every time, it seems that he turned his quarter. He had a time to be bitter. He had a time to be upset. He had a time for him to have the greatest pity party known to mankind, but yet he faced his flesh, and he had a, a war with his flesh every day, and he determined that flesh, you are going to submit to God's spirit. Let me tell you, that is a, that is an argument that said uh, too often we ignore. It's not that we don't want to do it, but it's that it's hard. And so we put it on the back burner of our life. Uh, but church family, every day we must die to the flesh. Uh, every day we must be continually moving closer to Jesus Christ. Uh, you see, if you are not moving forward with Jesus Christ, uh, you are moving backwards. There is no neutral, there is no standing still. When 
our relationship with Jesus Christ. I know it's not comfortable to hear. I know it's not what modern Christianity and the TV preachers tell us. But the fact is, if you are not moving with Jesus, you are working against Jesus. Church family, we ought to be known as the people in this community who are for Jesus. Every day we must accept the challenge of being creatures in a world controlled by time, but working towards a home where there is no time constraints, where there are no time constraints. Our life too many times is wrapped up with time. We lose people that we never wanted to lose, and the people we, and the people we wish would walk out of our life, they never do. Perhaps that's the thorn in the flesh that Paul was talking about. That's our personal thorn. People we lose to cancer that we didn't want to lose to cancer. We lose in divorce and we didn't want to walk the path of divorce. We lose to bitterness when we really don't want to be bitter, but we've just failed to die to our flesh daily. Our time on this earth is a necessary, hear me tonight, church family, our time on this earth is a necessary prerequisite for us to be able to inhabit heavenly places with Jesus Christ. If you cannot die to your flesh, on this earth, you can never spend eternity with Jesus. If you cannot lead your wife to the altar, sir, you can never be found with your heavenly father in heaven. Ma'am, if you cannot discipline your kids in a way that's pleasing unto God and aligns itself with God's word, how can we ever find ourselves living with our heavenly father? I know it's straight. I know it's offensive. And please recognize I don't want to offend you tonight. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. I don't want it to be my words, but I hope God's Spirit is ministering to you in this place tonight. We must turn from our wicked ways, church family. We must turn from our selfish desires, and we must follow Jesus at whatever cost, however bad it hurts, no matter what the decision may be that we have to choose against, we must follow Jesus. Does anybody want to follow Jesus tonight? Maybe can you just lift your hand and just tell the Lord how much you love him tonight? Before we can enjoy eternity with Jesus, we must first spend our lifetime fighting our flesh. But not just fighting our flesh, we must defeat our flesh. You must pray prayers like this daily. I will not go to that website. I will not download that app. I will not look at that person. I will not desire that woman, sir. I will not want to do this. I will be faithful to my wife. I will raise my kids in the fear and the admonition of the Holy Spirit. Those are prayers that we must pray. Those are declarations that you must make every day over your life. For if you do not make declarations like that every day over your life, there is a devil in hell who will make declarations for you. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will be faithful. I think I could say it like this. As for me and Conroe United Pentecostal Church, We will be faithful. We will serve the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You see, the process of time is the sequence of events here on this earth that we must determine to better us and not bitter us. 
We must choose to be better when we walk through hardships than bitter. We do not need to be bitter Pentecostals. We do not need to be the people walking through Walmart and Target with a snarl on our face and avoiding and ignoring everyone that has a smile and anyone who would potentially want to talk to us and ask us about Jesus Christ. You see, death must better us rather than bitter us. Disease must better us rather than bitter us. Weeping must better us rather than bitter us. Losing our loved ones and losing our job and losing relationships must better us rather than bitter us. Lack of relationships must better me than bitter me. People avoiding me must better me than bitter me. Tears must better me than bitter me. You hear me tonight? No matter what pathway God allows me and ordains my steps to go down, I have made up. I don't care what I face. I will not be bitter. I will not live in the past. I will not live looking at the rearview mirror, but I will realize that in my reality, I can serve the Lord. I know bitterness is not an easy word to hear, but the reality is, is every one of us in the room tonight have had a chance to become bitter. Perhaps every one of us in the room have been bitter at one time. I can testify to having bitterness in my own heart, but we must choose to get over our own desires. Scripture says offenses will come. People will talk against you. People will manipulate you. People will lie on you. Hardships will come, but woe be unto to us uh, that we don't choose to allow that uh, and view that as the mercies of God. What could have happened if that person stayed in our life? Uh, What could have happened if I didn't lose that job? Uh, What could have happened? Uh, Thank you God for everything that you've allowed to happen uh, that I didn't understand. Uh, I might not understand the situation, uh, but I understand that you are God and your thoughts are not my thoughts uh, and your ways are not my ways and because of that, uh, I I trust you. I thank you, Lord, because you see things differently than I do. Our flesh wants to ask us how much more time. But why not ask yourself, what can I learn from this? Ask yourself that right now. You don't have to do it out loud, but ask yourself, what can I learn from my dilemma right now? The situation that I'm facing that I hate and I wake up in the morning and I don't want to wake up uh, and I cry myself to sleep at night and I have tears running down my face uh, and on my pillow because uh, the situation that I don't understand. Uh, instead of what laying awake at, at, at night crying, God, deliver me from this. Uh, why don't you pray, God, how can I learn from this? Uh, God, how can I better from this situation? You see, time has a way of working itself out. Time has a way of allowing things that we don't understand uh, to make sense. Uh, I'm sure Moses could have been confused and upset when he found himself uh, in the wilderness. Uh, I'm sure he could have wanted to give up. I'm sure, I'm sure he wanted at times to throw in the towel, but he was faithful. And because he was faithful to God and because God had marked his life, uh, the word of the Lord came back to him. And Moses led uh, the children of Israel out of bondage and into the promise 
promised land. I don't know what your bondage looks like tonight, church, but I know what your promised land looks like. It's streets of gold. It's pearly gates. It's angels. It's no more death. It's no more sickness. It's no more disease. It's no more bitterness. That's your promised land. So hang on tonight, church family. I know you might be cracked. I know you might be hurting, but you are not broken. God can mend you back together and he can take you to the promised land. We are not, we are not citizens of this world, but we are missionaries. We are just travelers traveling through this earth. And my final destination is heaven. And woe be it unto me that I let someone talking about me or manipulating me. Let woe be it unto me that I let something small like that keep me from something good like heaven. Why don't you, uh, why don't you align every situation you go to against heaven? Well, she said this, so I'm going to have to change churches or I'm going to have to change friends or I'm going to have to delete them from Facebook because they got something like I got or they said something that I didn't like. Why don't you align that up with heaven? What is more important, church family? Heaven must be our home. So how long is it going to take is what you might be asking. It's another common question that we hear from our kids and oftentimes we've even asked it ourselves. Uh, this question shouldn't be in our vocabulary. It shouldn't be in our vocabulary. So many times we, we question God's sovereignty rather than looking for ways we can grow and learn from the path uh, that he is leading us towards. Uh, we must trust that he orders our steps, uh, church family. We must trust him. Uh, as I hurry tonight to a close, uh, in most cases it takes more time than we initially imagined to become what God intends for us to be. You see, many times we get started in this growth process, and we hope, we hope that we're going to see quick results. Has anybody heard the commercials on the radio or seen them, the Quick Weight Loss Center? Isn't that just, that's just a novel concept. I wish I would have thought of that. I, 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 wish, I, could re- I, I, I wish I could reap the dividends of that business plan, but the reality is, is things like that are oftentimes too good to be true. Many times we get started in this growth process hoping to see quick results. We want to be satisfied with quick answers. And then after that quick result and we don't receive that quick answer, we return back to the comfort of our normal life. How many is guilty of that? You don't have to feel embarrassed. But how many can say that you knew that you were supposed to be doing something? God was calling you to live higher and better and differently, and you did it for a season, but it got hard, so you went back to your normal life. I spoke Wednesday night, if you weren't here, and I said this line. I said, God wants to break us out of our comfort zones. Our calling is not our comfort zone. Our calling is not our comfort zone, but God wants to get us out of where we want to be and plug us into who he has called us to be. Could it be tonight, church family, could it be that a normal life in God's eyes is a lifestyle of continual growth? Could it be that your journey is not going to get easier? In fact, it's going to get harder. The issues, the struggles, and the people will change throughout life. But growth is not a season. Growth is something that is at the very heart of life itself when living for God. Just because an issue may be resolved 
doesn't mean that our growth is complete. Just because, oh, well, I got that problem out of the way, I'm done, I'm home free. Lord, come quickly, I can go to heaven now. No, there's probably another lesson that the Lord wants to teach us, and that's when that next trial comes through. You see, in closing tonight, why don't you stand with me? Why don't we embrace the process? Everybody say that, embrace the process. Embrace the process. I know I'm not really, I know I'm not really, we're not swinging from the chandeliers tonight. But for the past, I don't know, couple months, I feel like God has been dealing with me about this thing called trusting him as he orders our steps. And every message I've preached has been aligned with something that I've said tonight, and that is that God orders our steps. Church family, I don't know what you face, and I don't understand why we have to face the things we face. And I can't fix your problems. I was speaking with someone a few days ago, and I told them I wish I can fix your issues, but I can't. But I know the one who can. Church family, we can run to the world, we can run to anger, we can run to our own reaction. We can react, or we can respond in a way that God would want us to respond. 